Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It was just growing up knowing that, okay, your sister is different. It wasn't necessarily explained to me from an early age. Hello and welcome. This is Special Mums Africa, the podcast. Uh, this is real talk on special needs parenting. And today we are talking about siblings. My name is Yamasi Taiwo. I will be your lead host today. And we have some very amazing hosts in the studio with me today. And of course, as you've met her before, most definitely, it is Tonya Faluki Ekezie. What up, what up, what up? And of course, joining us today is Obafi Kemi Luther. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our very, very, very special guest in the studio today, the beautiful, the eclectic, the amazing actor, Michelle Dede. Thank you, thank you for that beautiful introduction. Well, thank you for being I here with us today. I was just expecting to see Michelle Dede. All right. Okay. So I'm just going to give a little bit of a background about myself. My name is Yamasi Taiwo. I'm usually known as Missy Molu. I work mainly in media where I started off as a radio presenter and then, you know, amongst other things, TV host and now budding actor. I'm trying. We're trying to get no, out there. Body, no. <laughs> I'm budding. Amongst- Baker. Baker. Oh, yes. Let's not forget that. I'm a baker as well. You know, I make some very, very, very delicious treats. I should have brought some today. Okay. I'm so sorry. And I had, oh man. Okay. Oh, brown. (laughs) All right. So, and then most especially my most important job or my most important gift that I've been given is the gift of being a mother to two amazing boys. And my very, First child was my um, special needs baby, my special needs gift from God, basically. So we are here today, basically, to talk about the experience of being a sibling to a special needs child, basically growing up and just the experience of it all, basically. But let me hand you over to Tonya, who is going to introduce us properly to what we're talking about today, seeing that she's the expert, you know. I don't know about that, <laughs> but this topic is very popular. We've noticed on Simone's Oasis that it's a very popular topic. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to make sure we addressed it early in this new podcast. And I just want to thank Michelle for being here and sharing with us, or she's about to share with us. Now, the idea is that 
the siblings' experience is very different from the parents' experience, and you're all part of the same family. So it's really important for parents in general, but especially because we're talking about special needs parenting, for us to really look about the dynamic between siblings, because the sibling is not just the sibling of their special needs brother or sister. They also have an additional responsibility that their neurotypical friends may not have. You have to kind of be constantly looking out for that sibling. You have a role of like an overseer, a carer, and how does that work within the family dynamics? So that's what we're really taking a look at. And yeah, so we're glad Michelle is here. I'm actually、mm-hmm. glad we're talking about this because I brought a notebook. The reason why I brought a notebook? No, no, no! Don't look at me like that. They just all rolled their eyes. Like, what are you doing? Not just roll my eyes. I'm like, I'm not an no, expert.、So. No, 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 not you. Tonya and Faye just looked at each other. Like, oh god, what's she doing? The reason why is because Tonya, right after your sort of like explanation for what、mm-hmm. we're doing right now, I just thought to myself, whatever Michelle has to say、mm-hmm. that she and Najite、mm-hmm. have been through、yes. is very important for me because I worry. About Micah,、mm-hmm. okay. so I try. I'm always trying to figure out what's going on with him. If I'm not paying enough attention to him,、yeah. does he feel left out because I'm doing this, or you know, things just note basically yeah, pointers. Yeah, I think is very important. important. So、yeah. why don't we get started in terms of you know what happened growing up? How、exactly. was the family dynamic yeah, growing actually, up? Because of what you've just mentioned, what、uh, Yemisi's just mentioned. Now I wish we had actually and you had invited Najita because. Her experience obviously would have been very、mm-hmm. different from mine because she's older than I am and probably closer in age、mm-hmm. to Mickey. So her experience would have been different from mine.、Mm-hmm. I can't say that I really was aware of the fact that my sister had a special need until I was probably in my mid-teens. Wow. Oh wow. wow! Yeah. Okay. Maybe early teens. Not What, what's her diagnosis?、Um, honestly, initially, I didn't know. So it was just growing up, knowing that okay, your sister is different. It wasn't necessarily explained to me from an early age because I, I'm the youngest from my mother, and there's quite a gap between myself and my older siblings. So I knew she was different, but didn't really understand what exactly it was. And I suppose that my father probably didn't explain to me because I was too young to understand. But from the age of about, I would say, twelve, thirteen, I then started asking questions.、Mm-hmm. So growing up, it was just. Mickey doesn't speak.、Mm-hmm. So, from my understanding, it was my sister is mute. She just doesn't speak. She wasn't born that way because she actually started speaking before my elder brother did, and then apparently stopped.、Yeah. Oh, and、wow. it was very sudden. Telltale sign right、oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Yes, it was very. It was very sudden. So, and I remember asking my brother about it, and then he said, "Well, she she actually was speaking before I was, and you know, we would have conversations, and then I think from the age about four or something, he said she stopped speaking." So for me, I always thought that perhaps what had led to it was some sort of trauma from my parents' relationship coming、mm-hmm. to an end because they separated quite early on, and you know later divorced. So I thought that probably was a factor. So when we had moved to it was Ethiopia, yes. When we had moved to Ethiopia, because obviously the services for children with、mm-hmm. disabilities. Or young adults with disabilities was very different than in the other countries we had lived in in Australia and in Brazil. That was when I started asking questions. That was when, as I got older, because you're now making friends with other teenagers、mm-hmm. yeah. who are asking you questions.、Yeah. Why、so、does your sister, sister not speak?、Yeah. And you don't and have the answers. You, you don't have the answers because you're young. You're not aware.、Mm-hmm. And、no、because thankfully, because I was an inquisitive child, 
I then started asking my father, but so what was the kind of response, right? Your, it was always your sister doesn't speak. Your sister doesn't speak. Uh, I don't know why he didn't say. You know, she's autistic. It was probably much later, as when I was probably about fifteen, sixteen, that I said, you know, what exactly is the situation? And and at that point, he said, your sister has autism. And I was like, well, what is that? Oh, yeah. And he said, you know. We'll read up about it and, you know, we'll learn about it. But one of the things for me that I think that was very important and something that, you know, Yemisi had mentioned because she's, she's worried about her other child is the fact that my father always reminded us or instilled in us that you're not better uh, and she's not less than. Yes. Um, yes. So yes. I was always aware of that and... Even though I was younger and not, you know, you're not really aware of a lot of things that's going on and you're going through your teenage years and you're discovering yourself and discovering mm-hmm. everything else. One of the things that, that really stood out for me was the fact that he always said that. So if my friends were awkward towards mm-hmm. her, yes, the, yes, I, I did feel out of place at times, but it made me very defensive yes. or very protective rather, not mm, defensive, yeah. very protective. So even though she was so much older, if they weren't accepting of her, oh, you and I probably were not going to be friends. And I was an extremely shy and timid child. Really? And teenager. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, I mean, even he's shocked that I, that I, <laughs> that I do what I do for a living now and that I even speak the way I do. I was very shy, very timid. Do you and, think it's because of that dynamic in the house? Or not at all. That happened? Not at all. It had nothing to do with her. Mm. It just purely was because I was, I guess, the last one that was very different from the other siblings. Mm-hmm. Do you think it made you stronger? You being, like your emotions <clears throat> were stronger because you're that shy. So for you, if you're shy, for you to then express yourself, is it something that's that, more... That, that developed, oh, that's a, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. That developed as I got older, to be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. even when I first met you mm-hmm. in 2006... Big brother. I mean, forget how I may have appeared. I was extremely nervous, extremely awkward, extremely shy. My oh sister my literally had to... People like me hope. My sister literally had to force me out of that into social situations when I moved here in 2010 but when mm. I first met you 2006 I was awkward as heck mm. and extremely uncomfortable just even being here and meeting new people um, but, but you said something but it had nothing to sorry mm. don't go off topic yeah. I had nothing to do with, <laughs> okay. with my, my I was going to ask you what honest. you just said about being protective mm. of your sister mm. and that if people weren't accepting of mm-hmm. her that that would be the end of it which is something that i'm looking at it, it, it sort of for me it's like it gave you also a voice because you were always taught that there was nothing different between yes. all of you and nothing but the thing for me is that i didn't necessarily express it so if a friend said you. oh your sister has a disability or oh, no there's something wrong with your sister i wouldn't say oh well i'm not talking to you again eh? you can't you talk just, to me no i just literally would withdraw from you mm. Mm. i would withdraw gangsta. i would withdraw yeah. from you Yes, Kaito's I would. I would. I would cry. Like I'd that. feel mm-hmm. sad because obviously you're, you know, you're a child. You're confused as to why. So your reactions are very extreme. Yes, why very your extreme. friend doesn't want to, you know, hang out with you or play with you uh, or that yeah. sort of thing. So it was also a defense mechanism mm. because I was such a timid child. But one of the things that that would happen is that I would say to my dad, "Oh well, you know, so and so said this about Mickey, and you know," and he would tell me, "Ignore it." Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not willing to accept her, then that's their problem. It has nothing to do with you. It's not your fault. Mm-hmm. That was another thing. Mm-hmm. I think because I he, think that's really yes, important. He, he constantly, you know, reinforced that message that it wasn't my fault. And I mm-hmm. think he he wanted me to understand that yes, 
there are differences, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. there are differences between all of you, and all of you are special in your mm-hmm. own way. Mm-hmm. So I understood that there were certain skills that she had that I didn't have. For example, uh, you know, she was very good with her hands and arts mm-hmm. and creating mm-hmm. different things. So that was also something that he encouraged. So that's something I actually wanted, to, as you were talking, mm-hmm. I was thinking about in terms of, so, like, what was she doing? What was Mickey doing on, like, a day-to-day back then? Like, was when, she attending when, school? Yeah, when, we, when we lived in Australia, she did actually yeah. go to school. And I think that was probably one of the reasons why I perhaps didn't really understand that there was something that was so different. Yes, mm. she went to a different school than I did. But it was school, you know, she, she, yeah, went, so you, she you, picked up to go to school. <laughs> we got picked up to go to school at the end of the day, you know. You she went to her, school like Yes, you. yes, you'd see her coming back. And, and also my interactions with her were very different from when we now moved to Ethiopia. And I think the thing with moving to Africa is that mm-hmm. at that time there were a lot, you know, fewer mm, facilities, resources, resources and, options. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, that was when I really realized that, okay, there is a big difference mm-hmm. Because there was no school for her to go to. So fortunately enough, fortunately enough, um, there was a center that was run by nuns um, in Ethiopia. So she went there on a regular basis. It wasn't every day, but it was several times a week. And I I found that she actually regressed when they moved Mm -hmm. here. Interestingly enough. When you moved to Nigeria. Yes. So my dad and my stepmom and Mickey... And my younger siblings moved here when I was in, in university in the UK. Okay. And when I came here on holiday, I, I just found she had changed. You know, she was mm, different. So in what way? Yes, it was. She was a lot more withdrawn. withdrawn. Mm-hmm. She became a lot more withdrawn. Mm-hmm. She became a lot more, I would say even childlike. So okay. that was, Definitely, I'm sure it was hard for my father and my stepmom. It was upsetting for me because I was angry that he had moved here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because we had never lived here. So yes. for me, it was why, why would you? Well, and obviously, this is where we're from. So mm-hmm. of course, yeah. you have to come back here. But I didn't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And I just kept thinking, well, why can't we just go back to Ethiopia? Yeah. You know, why can't you just go back to Ethiopia? Mm-hmm. Because she was better there. Yes. I mean, the difference was yeah, so No, it was, it was glaring. The yeah. difference was glaring. Much better in Australia. In, better and even, in, yes, in much Ethiopia. better. Probably the best in, I mean, I was very young and uh, in Australia, but I would say from what I remember, the best while we were in, in, in Australia. Mm. By the time we had moved to Ethiopia, still okay. Mm. She was social, you know, she, you would hug her. Mm. And she wouldn't sort of flinch oh. or not necessarily make a lot eye of eye contact. On, on sets, yeah. But by the time they had moved here and then I started, you know, coming here, I realized, uh, you know, I'd be talking to her or, for example, I'd walk into the house and be like, oh, hi, Mickey, and hug her. And she'd look at me and I could see some excitement on her face, but then she'd go off and do whatever it was she was doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad mm-hmm. you said that. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about Ethiopia, you were talking about your interaction with Mickey. Yes. So I wanted to know more about how you interacted with your sister. How did you, because you said she wasn't talking, so mm-hmm. how did you understand her? How, what was your communication like with her? Well, we, I love it. We would, we would speak to her as, you know, as normal. Najite would speak mm-hmm. to me or my brother would mm-hmm. speak to me. And if it was that she wanted something that, you know, she would let you know by expressing herself using her hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, she was even still using sign language, which I didn't understand fully. But, you know, I was learning some 
some sign language because she had started learning sign language in in Australia. Australia. So by the time we had moved to Ethiopia, I knew some sign language. If there was something she wanted, she would let you know. If you did something that she didn't, she didn't like, <laughs> let you know. You, you know, she yeah. would she would it let was, you know. It was literally part of the ecosystem in, in your basically, house, so it was nothing different. But yes. this is how you communicate, basically, and it was yes, just a yes. part of your life. And she was also a lot happier. You could see it. Yeah, you could see it from she was the way she reacted. Yes, more so. More of a of a complete person, and as much as we're saying this, I also want to stress that everybody is. You know, you said neurotypical people. All of us go through periods where oh, we're yes. not complete people. No, oh, yes, we're not. Definitely. Yeah, I've had <laughs> I've had several instances in Nigeria mm-hmm. where I wasn't a hundred percent a complete person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So your environment is is is, is, very is, is a huge factor. Yes, and. You know, when I tell people that, they're always quite surprised because they think, oh, Ethiopia, it's third, even more third world than the rest of <laughs> Africa. And I would always say, actually, no. Mm. I think our standard of living was better in Ethiopia than in some ways it has been here. Mm-hmm. So for her in particular, I feel moving here was an extreme regression for her. Mm. Extreme regression. And it's because she's so much older now. How old is she now? I was going to ask. Mickey's in her 50s. You know, so, she's in so her, her late how 50s. Where is she? Yeah, she's where is she? She's in Abuja. She okay. lives in Abuja with my dad. Okay. And she's come to Lagos a, a few times, you know, and one of the good things about it is, you know, because of Patrick's, Patrick's mm. speech yes. mm-hmm. and language center, fortunately enough, because of my advocacy, I had met Mrs. Dotoma Kondé, mm-hmm. who runs Patrick's the center, speech, and yeah. I spoke to her about Mickey, and she said, you know, she would love to meet her. And so when we brought Mickey down to Lagos, she met her. So whenever she comes to Lagos, she goes there. And I can see she's happy. I can see the difference. Yes, Mrs. Akande had assessed and, and said, you know, unfortunately because... Of time and Because the age. of time and the age, there's very little that can be done for her to have a, a sort of... Typical life. Typical life. But as much as possible... You know, you reinforce that love and care and when she can come down here with you, please, you know, make sure that she spends time with us. And of course, you know, myself and my siblings have discussed, okay, what do we do? But you can't exactly turn around and say to your parent, we are going to take your child from you because then it's almost as if we're trying to imply that my father did not do a good enough job and he did. I mean, he raised four children by himself. Which is, isn't an easy thing for any parent to do, let alone a man raising, you know, and he did a good three job. daughters and one boy by yourself. Yeah. So to then say, okay, well, you know, you've done a great job. We'll take over from here. How do you even... At the end of the day, that's still his yes. child. Yes. This is the first time I'm even talking about it publicly. It's something oh, that, you know... So no, 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 it's really fine. kind of privileged um, and honored that you're sharing this with us because... It's something that it's siblings have advocacy. talked about. Yes, it's something that t- siblings have talked about. And obviously, as he gets older... It's something we're going to have to cross that bridge when yes. we come to it. And I mean, these are, these are conversations that we have to have because and these are things we look Absolutely. at. Like, yeah. um, Obafei Kemi, Yemisi and my children are still fairly young, yes. right? Yes. But we think about that dynamic. We, especially, I mean, I can speak for myself and in terms of I look at what happens if I'm not around? What happens mm. if, you know, I pass away? Who mm. will mm. handle her? What do, what are the things I want done? These are things I've put pen to paper down and have, have willed. Um, oh, good. Because it's things that are really, really important. I give your dad so much Obviously. props because you have to think ahead in that you have to make sure 
that the environment around that your special child is supportive enough to keep them going after you're not there mm. but also the balance of that you don't want to burden your other children mm-hmm. so it's a really fine balance and if you are blessed with family and siblings that are on the same page and are supportive mm-hmm. it really makes a difference because your dad is getting older mm-hmm. yeah. you know all our parents those ones who have not passed you know there's a limited time we're mm-hmm. on this earth and these are things we have to discuss, discuss and yeah. think and and it's it's not just oh well, let's wait till you know later down the line you have to start thinking about these things now mm. even with a child who is 5 4 7 oh, 8 mm-hmm. um absolutely. man your dad is a king no man. my my dad is a g i was going to say something <laughs> about <laughs> my, my dad, dad is a g. um you know i think we have a lot of women who advocate and mm-hmm. a lot of women's voices mm. but honestly i think your dad if he's still able mm-hmm. would be a fantastic mm-hmm. i mean if we a could role speak model. to him a role somehow model. even honestly. to be able to speak Zoom, to him Zoom or something honestly there are lots of men because it's also always need, women in yeah. the forefront and mm-hmm. also you seen. said something for me that for me personally a man who raised children, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Oh, wow, yeah. A lot of Nigerian men don't hear that part, right? But they should hear it too. The, they should you. let me repeat the hear it. Yes. And, and then you said something yeah, yeah. again: three daughters oh, and yeah. a boy. Oh yeah. So he had all the complications of girl issues, mm-hmm. and then a special a needs, girl yes, a special needs child <laughs> who has her own girl issues, which you and I are going to discuss because my brain is already. Oh yeah. We are entering, you know, adolescence and. Or mm-hmm. for yeah. You know I mean, my head is breaking. <laughs> you know, so it's just I. I think the sibling experience. I mean, just hearing you guys talk, mm-hmm. I think having a, a support system. Mm-hmm. People don't understand how even with siblings, to not have siblings that you can depend on, mm-hmm. to not have siblings who care. We had mm-hmm. a really shaky point, and it's just getting back. But that you are the kind of siblings that Mickey needed. You know, you and when the when first time, you know, and I said she, God put her where she needed to be. Mm. Yeah, Amen. I thought about it. Yeah. So, yeah, Michelle, can you tell us a little bit of the advocacy work that you and Ajite have been doing for some time? I guess for me, it well, actually started because of my dad, to be honest, because he's always advocated for different mm-hmm. causes, and so I grew up watching him do that mm. role models um and so i thought okay to all intents and purposes this man is super busy you're, plus you're raising four children yeah. by yourself mm-hmm. and you're advocating for different causes in different countries we lived in and i thought i don't know how he does this but you learn by example mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so for me I, I started advocating for different causes while we lived in ethiopia but obviously because you have you have a, a sibling with special needs i think it was while i was in university and somebody had handed out something something at school and sorry in uni about children with disabilities and there was one of my classmates that had said i think it was you or something like that and i lost it mm. I, I mean i lost it so that was probably one of the first times that i actually <laughs> was outspoken <laughs> and i was having an argument with this person and by the time I had finished, I really don't remember what I said, but by the time I had finished, I had managed to change their minds because they weren't really aware. And, and I feel also, you know, it's important because I'm more, I'm more sensitive to that now because in each country, there are different perceptions to people with disabilities. And interestingly enough, as much as 
there were resources in Ethiopia, and more so probably than there were at the time here. People in Ethiopia aren't particularly accepting of, of people with disabilities or special yeah. needs. They're not. I really don't remember, I think apart from one family, one Ethiopian family, I don't remember ever meeting any Ethiopian families that had children with special needs. And as I got older, and by the time I started university, I realized that they send most of their children with disabilities away. To yeah. where? That's the thing I don't know. Yeah. Just away. So maybe to <laughs> families or relatives in the village, I have no idea. Just but like I don't, I don't actually remember meeting any Ethiopian families at the time who had any siblings with disabilities or children with disabilities. There were foreign families, mm -hmm. yes. There were lots of foreign families that had ad adopted children with disabilities, but that I actually met an Ethiopian family that I knew from, from high school that had any kids with disabilities. No. So it started off in university because at that point I was reading up about it mm -hmm. and I wanted to know more about it. Just purely because I wanted to understand And you want better. to be able to help. Yes. And so it, it just sort of spiraled. And from there, I was making donations at that point, would sometimes volunteer. And so by the time I moved here and realized that some of those situations that were in Ethiopia were the also same here, here. Mm -hmm. I thought, no, it, it can't continue like this. So because of what I had started doing for a living, presenting, I thought, well, I'm going to speak about it okay. and I'm going to advocate about it. So I contacted different organizations and said, okay, this is what I do for a living. How can I help? Post this on mm -hmm. social media. Then it was, you know, Facebook before Instagram and then Twitter. And I just started doing that. And the more I did it, the more and the more confident, mm -hmm. you know, I became... As a presenter, I thought, well, I will speak about yeah, it. Use your um, we noticed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, when Mrs. Akande, obviously, because she was involved okay. with the GTB Autism, Autism week, yeah. week for quite a while, had asked me to come and speak. I said, sure, why not? And one of the first times I, I spoke during Autism Week, a lot of parents oh. came up to me at the end and they were like, you know, you're, you're so brave. And I said, how so? That you're speaking mm -hmm. about it in public. I said, well, why wouldn't I speak about it in public? There we go. There we go. And someone, interestingly enough, she had actually been in school with my sister, in university with my sister, and she said, oh, that she wasn't able to to speak about it publicly. And she said she remembers when Najite was talking to a group of them, you know, her friends about my sister, that she was appalled and felt a bit disgusted, only to then get older, get married, and uh -huh. have a child with autism. There we go. Okay. I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing mm. all that you shared with us. And it's, again, it's very enlightening because we're taking it from a completely different perspective than we've ever, that I, I'm going to say personally, mm. that I've ever heard from before. But at this moment in time, yeah, since we don't have that much time left, we do a thing called the honest truth. Okay. And this is the period of time that, Michelle, you're going to go around and you are going to tell us a truth about your journey, something that you've never shared. Before, About, uh, with in relation to my sister, in mm -hmm. relation to your sister, okay. yes, and you've got one minute to do it. it oh Lord, now. you could just give me time to think about that. <laughs> Don't think, just say something that I that you've never shared, shared. that you've thought about, that you loud. haven't really shared. Basically, that I've never said out loud. Mm. Oh Lord, no pressure. This could, this may sound really weird, but there was a time that I actually wished that it was me. Wow. Wow. I'm not her. Yeah. 
And you just wanted to take her pain away. Yes. Wow. And and another thing, I know for a fact that she spoke to me. Mm. I know for a fact that she spoke to me as an adult, while I was an adult. Wow. And I didn't dream it. I didn't imagine it.、Mm. This was several years ago, and I remember calling, calling my brother up because he's closest to her. When you know, when when Mickey sees Joe, yeah, there's this joy on her face,、mm-hmm. and she she smiles and she's excited, and he、mm. hugs her and she hugs him back.、Mm. And there are very few people that she does that with. Mrs. Akande is、so、actually、special. one of those people. Oh wow,、um, so special. So she's very intuitive. It's it's amazing. And I told him. I said she spoke to me, and she told me because I was really depressed. I was really depressed during that time, and I and I went to Abuja, and I remember crying. And I swear, I did not imagine this thing would dream it. She woke up because I woke up, and she told me it was going to be okay. And I、oh. remember the next day, and I said to my dad, "Oh, Becky spoke to me." He was like, "Michelle, you must have been dreaming." I said, "I swear, she spoke to me." She spoke. I believe you. I believe. I believe she did. I believe you. I believe she did. I'm sorry. I'm not making what I want. No, 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 no. Join my club. This is this is this this is what we do. Okay, it it happens, but most especially, it's like we we thank you so much for coming here. Thank you and sharing that with us, basically, because the little that you think you've done, or the most that you think you've done, you are helping someone. Someone's listening. Somebody's being encouraged. And the way you said, people came up to you and said that you were brave. You are a beacon of hope for a lot of people because you're sharing your experience, and through your experience, other people are learning and other people are gaining their courage to do the things that they may not have been able to do. Can, so, I, can I say something? Of course. Whoever is listening, I, you know, sibling, parent, etc. I think it's very important, and I know that it's hard. I can't say that I fully understand what parents are going through because my situation was obviously very different from my father's, or possibly even Najita's. But I think one of the most important things is that you remind your children, and for those who are siblings that are listening, is that you discuss amongst yourselves, and if it's only two of you, that you must learn to be accepting, irrespective of the difficulties that you're going to go through, and there will be quite a few. You must be accepting and find it in your heart to just love unconditionally、mm-hmm. and, and treat your sibling as if they are just like you.、Mm-hmm. So special, not awkward, not oh, you know, disabled. Just、they、special, are, just like special, you. Special, not special. Yeah. And just、brother. be accepting. And I think that it's very important how you raise your children. We were raised by somebody who I always give props to my father. He did a great job, and、He、it wasn't—it wasn't, it wasn't yes—to be empathetic to other people's needs,、mm-hmm. That's very irrespective、true. of what those needs are. And when you notice that your other child is possibly going through、mm-hmm. difficult, don't assume. Oh, they will be fine. You、yeah. know, I'm dealing with my yeah. own things. Yeah. Yeah. You must explain to that child. What's you happening? You must explain to the other child. You must tell that child. Here's the thing: you're going to face certain difficulties、yes. as you get older,、mm, as、yes. you make other friends. Yes, and not oh, if your、them. friends are not, you know, accepting of your sibling or don't have anything yeah, to do、exactly. with them, try and speak to them.、Mm-hmm. But if they aren't, it's not a reflection on you.、Mm-hmm. It's a reflection on them. Yes, and、very、that、fair. was one of the things that he did that really stuck with me. That is fantastic. And thank you very much again, Michelle.、Yeah. This has been amazing, to say the least. So, unfortunately, we're gonna have to wrap it up here. Tonya Faluki, thank you very much. Obafemi Kemi Luther, thank you very much, and most especially 
Michelle. Oh, champion. Thank, Thank you, you so much. This has been amazing. I know I keep saying that, but it, it truly, truly, truly has. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. And we do look forward to having you back on our next episode. And, uh, yeah, so we're signing out. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. And thank a goodbye and a sayonara from me. All right. Ciao, until ciao, next ciao. time. Thank you very much. For sponsorship inquiries, please contact specialmomsafrica at gmail.com.